part three chapter one of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter one the celebrated painter salvator rosa comes to rome and is attacked by a dangerous illness what befalls him in this illness celebrated people commonly have many ill things said of them whether well founded or not and no exception was made in the case of that admirable painter salvator rosa whose living pictures cannot fail to impart a keen and characteristic delight to those who look upon them at the time that salvator's fame was ringing through naples rome and tuscany nay through all italy and painters who were desirous of gaining applause were striving to imitate his peculiar and unique style his malicious and envious rivals were labouring to spread abroad all sorts of evil reports intended to sully with ugly black stains the glorious splendour of his artistic fame they affirmed that he had at a former period of his life belonged to a company of banditti and that it was to his experiences during this lawless time that he owed all the wild fierce fantastically attired figures which he introduced into his pictures just as the gloomy fearful wildernesses of his landscapes the selve selvage savage woods to use dante's expression were faithful representations of the haunts where they lay hidden what was worse still they openly charged him with having been concerned in the atrocious and bloody revolt which had been set on foot by the notorious massaniello in naples they even described the share he had taken in it down to the minutest details the rumour ran that aniello falcone the painter of battle-pieces one of the best of salvator's masters had been stung into fury and filled with bloodthirsty vengeance because the spanish soldiers had slain one of his relatives in a hand-to-hand -hand encounter without delay he leagued together a band of daring spirits mostly young painters put arms into their hands and gave them the name of the company of death and in truth this band inspired all the fear and consternation suggested by its terrible name at all hours of the day they traversed the streets of naples in little companies and cut down without mercy every spaniard whom they met they did more they forced their way into the holy sanctuaries and relentlessly murdered their unfortunate foes whom terror had driven to seek refuge there at night they gathered round their chief the bloody-minded madman massaniello and painted him by torchlight so that in a short time there were hundreds of these little pictures circulating in naples and the neighbourhood this is the ferocious band of which salvator rosa was alleged to have been a member working hard at butchering his fellow-men by day and by night working just as hard at painting the truth about him has however been stated by a celebrated art critic Telesson, i believe his works are characterized by defiant originality and by fantastic energy both of conception and of execution he delighted to study nature 
not in the lovely attractiveness of green meadows flourishing fields sweet-smelling groves murmuring springs but in the sublime as seen in towering masses of rock in the wild seashore in savage inhospitable forests and the voices that he loved to hear were not the whisperings of the evening breeze or the musical rustle of leaves but the roaring of the hurricane and the thunder of the cataract to one viewing his desolate landscapes with the strange savage figures stealthily moving about in them here singly there in troops the uncomfortable thoughts arise unbidden here's where a fearful murder took place there's where the bloody corpse was hurled into the ravine etc admitting all this and even that Telesson is further right when he maintains that salvator's plato nay that even his holy saint john proclaiming the advent of the saviour in the wilderness looked just a little like highway robbers admitting this i say it is nevertheless unjust to argue from the character of the works to the character of the artist himself and to assume that he who represents with life-like fidelity what is savage and terrible must himself have been a savage terrible man he who prates most about the sword is often he who wields it the worst he who feels in the depths of his soul all the horrors of a bloody deed so that taking the palette or the pencil or the pen in his hand he is able to give living form to his feelings is often the one least capable of practising similar deeds enough i don't believe a single word of all those evil reports by which men sought to brand the excellent salvator an abandoned murderer and robber and i hope that you kindly reader will share my opinion otherwise i see grounds for fearing that you might perhaps entertain some doubts respecting what i am about to tell you of this artist the salvator i wish to put before you in this tale that is according to my conception of him is a man bubbling over with the exuberance of life and fiery energy but at the same time a man endowed with the noblest and most loyal character a character which like that of all men who think and feel deeply is able even to control that bitter irony which arises from a clear view of the significance of life i need scarcely add that salvator was no less renowned as a poet and musician than as a painter his genius was revealed in magnificent refractions i repeat again i do not believe that salvator had any share in massaniello's bloody deeds on the contrary i think it was the horrors of that fearful time which drove him from naples to rome where he arrived a poor poverty-stricken fugitive just at the time that massaniello fell not over well dressed and with a scanty purse containing not more than a few bright sequins in his pocket he crept through the gate just after nightfall somehow or other he didn't exactly know how he wandered as far as the piazza navona in better times he had once lived there in a large house near the pamphili palace with an ill-tempered growl he gazed up at the large plate-glass windows glistening and glimmering in the moonlight hm he exclaimed peevishly it'll cost me dozens of yards of coloured canvas before i can open my studio up there again 
but all at once he felt as if paralysed in every limb and at the same moment more weak and feeble than he had ever felt in his life before but shall i he murmured between his teeth as he sank down upon the stone steps leading up to the house door shall i really be able to finish canvas enough in the way the fools want it done hm i have a notion that that will be the end of it a cold cutting night wind blew down the street salvator recognised the necessity of seeking a shelter rising with difficulty he staggered on into the corso and then turned to via bergognona at length he stopped before a little house with only a couple of windows inhabited by a poor widow and her two daughters this women had taken him in for little pay the first time he came to rome an unknown stranger noticed of nobody and so he hoped again to find a lodging with her such as would be best suited to the sad condition in which he then was he knocked confidently at the door and several times called out his name aloud at last he heard the old woman slowly and reluctantly wakening up out of her sleep she shuffled to the window in her slippers and began to rain down a shower of abuse upon the knave who was come to worry her in this way in the middle of the night her house was not a wine-shop etc etc then there ensued a good deal of cross-questioning before she recognised her former lodger's voice but on salvator's complaining that he had fled from naples and was unable to find a shelter in rome the old dame cried by all the blessed saints of heaven is that you signor salvator well now your little room up above that looks on to the court is still standing empty and the old fig-tree has pushed its branches right through the window and into the room so that you can sit and work like as if you were in a beautiful cool arbour ay and how pleased my girls will be that you have come back again signor salvator but you know my margarita's grown a big girl and fine-looking you won't give her any more rides on your knee now and and your little pussy just fancy three months ago she choked herself with a fish-bone ah well we all shall come to the grave at last but do you know my fat neighbour who you so often laughed at and so often painted in such funny ways do you know she did marry that young fellow signor luigi after all ah well marriages and magistrates are made in heaven they say but cried salvator interrupting the old woman but signora caterina i entreat you by the blessed saints do pray let me in and then tell me all about your fig-tree and your daughters your cat and your fat neighbour i am perishing of weariness and cold bless me how impatient we are rejoined the old dame more haste less speed take things cool and live longer i tell you but you are tired you are cold where are the keys quick with the keys but the old woman still had to wake up her daughters and kindle a fire but oh she was such a long time about it such a long long time at last she opened the door and let poor salvator in but scarcely had he crossed the threshold than overcome by fatigue and illness he dropped on the floor as if dead happily the widow's son who generally lived at tivoli chanced to be at his mother's that evening he was at once turned out of his bed to make room for the sick guest which he willingly submitted to 
the old woman was very fond of salvator putting him as far as his artistic powers went above all the painters in the world and in everything that he did she also took the greatest pleasure she was therefore quite beside herself to see him in this lamentable condition and wanted to run off to the neighbouring monastery to fetch her father confessor that he might come and fight against the adverse power of the disease with consecrated candles or some powerful amulet or other on the other hand her son thought it would be almost better to see about getting an experienced physician at once and off he ran there and then to the spanish square where he knew the distinguished doctor splendiano a caramboni dwelt no sooner did the doctor learn that the painter salvator rosa lay ill in the via bergognona than he at once declared himself ready to call early and see the patient salvator lay unconscious struck down by a most severe attack of fever the old dame had hung up two or three pictures of saints above his bed and was praying fervently the girls though bathed in tears exerted themselves from time to time to get the sick man to swallow a few drops of the cooling lemonade which they had made whilst their brother who had taken his place at the head of the bed wiped the cold sweat from his brow and so morning found them when with a loud creak the door opened and the distinguished doctor splendiano Coromboni entered the room if salvator had not been so seriously ill that the two girls hearts were melted in grief they would i think for they were in general frolicsome and saucy have enjoyed a hearty laugh at the doctor's extraordinary appearance instead of retiring shyly as they did into the corner greatly alarmed it will indeed be worth while to describe the outward appearance of the little man who presented himself at dame caterina's in the via bergognona in the grey of the morning in spite of all his excellent capabilities for growth dr splendiano Acaramboni had not been able to advance beyond the respectable stature of four feet moreover in the days of his youth he had been distinguished for his excellent figure so that before his head always indeed somewhat ill-shaped and his big cheeks and his stately double chin had put on too much fat before his nose had grown bulky and spread owing to overmuch indulgence in spanish snuff and before his little belly had assumed the shape of a wine-tub from too much fattening on macaroni the priestly cut of garments which he at that time had affected had suited him down to the ground he was then in truth a pretty little man and accordingly the roman ladies had styled him their sweet little pet that however was now a thing of the past a german painter seeing dr splendiano walking across the spanish square said and he was perhaps not far wrong that it looked as if some strapping fellow of six feet or so had walked away from his own head which had fallen on the shoulders of a little marionette clown who now had to carry it about as his own this curious little figure walked about in patchwork an immense quantity of pieces of venetian damask of a large flower pattern that had been cut up in making a dressing-gown high up round his waist he had buckled a broad leather belt from which an excessively long rapier hung whilst his snow-white wig was surmounted by a high conical cap not unlike the obelisk in st peter's square 
since the said wig like a piece of texture all tumbled and tangled spread out thick and wide all over his back it might very well be taken for the cocoon out of which the fine silkworm had crept the worthy splendiano accoramboni stared through his bright big spectacles with his eyes wide open first at his patient then at dame katerina calling her aside he croaked with bated breath there lies our talented painter salvator rosa and he's lost if my skill doesn't save him dame katerina pray tell me when he came to lodge with you did he bring many beautiful large pictures with him ah my dear doctor replied dame katerina the poor fellow only came last night and as for pictures why i don't know nothing about them but there's a big box below and salvator begged me to take very good care of it before he became senseless like what he is now i dare say there's a fine picture packed in it as he painted in naples what dame katerina said was however a falsehood but we shall soon see that she had good reasons for imposing upon the doctor in this way good very good said the doctor simpering and stroking his beard then with as much solemnity as his long rapier which kept catching in all the chairs and tables as he came near would allow he approached the sick man and felt his pulse snorting and wheezing so that it had a most curious effect in the midst of the reverential silence which had fallen upon all the rest then he ran over in greek and latin the names of a hundred and twenty diseases the salvator had not then almost as many which he might have had and concluded by saying that on the spur of the moment he didn't recollect the name of his disease but that he would within a short time find a suitable one for it and along therewith the proper remedies as well then he took his departure with the same solemnity with which he had entered leaving them all full of trouble and anxiety at the bottom of the steps the doctor requested to see salvator's box dame katerina showed him one in which were two or three of her deceased husband's cloaks now laid aside and some old worn-out shoes the doctor smilingly tapped the box on this side and on that and remarked in a tone of satisfaction we shall see we shall see some hours later he returned with a very beautiful name for his patient's disease and brought with him some big bottles of an evil-smelling potion which he directed to be given to the patient constantly this was a work of no little trouble for salvator showed the greatest aversion for utter loathing of the stuff which looked and smelt and tasted as if it had been concocted from acheron itself whether it was that the disease since it had now received a name and in consequence really signified something had only just begun to put forth its virulence or whether it was that splendiano's potion made too much of a disturbance inside the patient it is at any rate certain that the poor painter grew weaker and weaker from day to day from hour to hour and notwithstanding dr splendiano's accoramboni's assurance that after the vital process had reached a state of perfect equilibrium he would give it a new start like the pendulum of a clock they were all very doubtful as to salvator's recovery and thought that the doctor had perhaps already given the pendulum such a violent start 
that the mechanism was quite impaired now it happened one day that when salvator seemed scarcely able to move a finger he was suddenly seized with the paroxysm of fever in a momentary accession of fictitious strength he leapt out of bed seized the full medicine bottles and hurled them fiercely out of the window just at that moment dr splendiano accaromboni was entering the house when two or three bottles came bang upon his head smashing all to pieces whilst the brown liquid ran in streams all down his face and wig and ruff hastily rushing into the house he screamed like a madman signor salvator has gone out of his mind he's become insane no skill can save him now he'll be dead in ten minutes give me the picture dame katerina give me the picture it's mine the scanty reward of all my trouble give me the picture i say but when dame katerina opened the box and dr splendiano saw nothing but the old cloaks and torn shoes his eyes spun round in his head like a pair of fire-wheels he gnashed his teeth he stamped he consigned poor salvator the widow and all the family to the devil then he rushed out of the house like an arrow from a bow or as if he had been shot from a cannon after the violence of the paroxysm had spent itself salvator again relapsed into a death-like condition dame katerina was fully persuaded that his end was really come and away she sped as fast as she could to the monastery to fetch father boniface that he might come and administer the sacrament to the dying man father boniface came and looked at the sick man he said he was well acquainted with the peculiar signs which approaching death is wont to stamp upon the human countenance but that for the present there were no indications of them on the face of the insensible salvator something might still be done and he would procure help at once only dr splendiano coromboni with his greek names and infernal medicines was not to be allowed to cross the threshold again the good father set out at once and we shall see later that he kept his word about sending the promised help salvator recovered consciousness again he fancied he was lying in a beautiful flower-scented arbour for green boughs and leaves were interlacing above his head he felt a salutary warmth glowing in his veins but it seemed to him as if somehow his left arm was bound fast where am i he asked in a faint voice then a handsome young man who had stood at his bedside but whom he had not noticed until just now threw himself upon his knees and grasping salvator's right hand kissed it and bathed it with tears as he cried again and again oh my dear sir my noble master now it's all right you are saved you'll get better but do tell me began salvator when the young man begged him not to exert himself for he was too weak to talk he would tell him all that had happened you see my esteemed and excellent sir began the young man you see you were very ill when you came from naples but your condition was not i warrant by any means so dangerous but that a few simple remedies would soon have set you with your strong condition on your legs again had you not through carlos's well-intentioned blunder in running off for the nearest physician fallen into the hands of the redoubtable pyramid doctor 
who was making all preparations for bringing you to your grave what do you say exclaimed salvator laughing heartily notwithstanding the feeble state he was in what do you say the pyramid doctor ay ay although i was very ill i saw that the little knave in damask patchwork who condemned me to drink his horrid loathsome devil's brew wore on his head the obelisk from st peter's square and so that's why you call him the pyramid doctor why good heavens said the young man likewise laughing why dr splendiano caramboni must have come to see you in his ominous conical nightcap and do you know you may see it flashing every morning from his window in the spanish square like a portentous meteor but it's not by any means owing to this cap that he's called the pyramid doctor for that there's quite another reason dr splendiano is a great lover of pictures and possesses in truth quite a choice collection which he has gained by a practice of a peculiar nature with eager cunning he lies in wait for painters and their illnesses more especially he loves to get foreign artists into his toils let them but eat an ounce or two of macaroni too much or drink a glass more syracuse than is altogether good for them he will afflict them with first one and then the other disease designating it by a formidable name and proceeding at once to cure them of it he generally bargains for a picture as the price of his attendance and as it is only specially obstinate constitutions which are able to withstand his powerful remedies it generally happens that he gets his picture out of the chattels left by the poor foreigner who meanwhile has been carried to the pyramid of cestius and buried there it need hardly be said that signor splendiano always picks out the best of the pictures the painter has finished and also does not forget to bid the men take several others along with it the cemetery near the pyramid of cestius is dr splendiano accoramboni's cornfield which he diligently cultivates and for that reason he is called the pyramid doctor dame caterina has taken great pains of course with the best intentions to make the doctor believe that you had brought a fine picture with you you may imagine therefore with what eagerness he concocted his potions for you it was a fortunate thing that in the paroxysm of fever you threw the doctor's bottles at his head it was also a fortunate thing that he left you in anger and no less fortunate was it that dame caterina who believed you were in the agonies of death fetched father boniface to come and administer to you the sacrament father boniface understands something of the art of healing he formed a correct diagnosis of your condition and fetched me then you also are a doctor asked salvator in a faint whining tone no replied the young man a deep blush mantling his cheeks no my estimable and worthy sir i am not in the least a doctor like signor splendiano accoramboni i am however a chirurgeon i felt as if i should sink into the earth with fear with joy when father boniface came and told me that salvator rosa lay sick unto death in the via bergognona and required my help i hastened here opened a vein in your left arm and you were saved then we brought you up into this cool airy room that you formerly occupied look here's the easel which you left behind you yonder are a few sketches which dame caterina has treasured up as if they were relics 
the virulence of your disease is subdued simple remedies such as father boniface can prepare is all that you want except good nursing to bring back your strength again and now permit me once more to kiss this hand this creative hand that charms from nature her deepest secrets and clothes them in living form permit poor antonio scacciati to pour out all the gratitude and immeasurable joy of his heart that heaven has granted him to save the life of our great and noble painter salvador rosa therewith the young surgeon threw himself on his knees again and seizing salvator's hand kissed it and bathed it in tears as before i don't understand said the doctor raising himself up a little though with considerable difficulty i don't understand my dear antonio what it is that is so especially urging you to show me all this respect you are you say a chirurgeon and we don't in a general way find this trade going hand in hand with art as soon replied the young man casting down his eyes as soon as you have picked up your strength again my dear sir i have a good deal to tell you that now lies heavy on my heart do so said salvator you may have every confidence in me that you may for i don't know that any man's face has made a more direct appeal to my heart than yours the more i look at you the more plainly i seem to trace in your features a resemblance to that incomparable young painter i mean sanzio antonio's eyes were lit up with a proud radiant light he vainly struggled for words with which to express his feelings at this moment dame caterina appeared followed by father boniface who brought salvator a medicine which he had mixed scientifically according to prescription and which the patient swallowed with more relish and felt to have a more beneficial effect upon him than the acheronian waters of the pyramid doctor splendiano acoromboni end of part three chapter one recording by expatriate in bangor maine